eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Good evening, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Barreled Up podcast. Jim, it's been a little bit since we have done this on my channel. We've been kind of bouncing back and forth. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jim, you know, Scott Boris may be ruining the offseason, but... He won't be ruining our show. We're still going to dig into this tonight. Right. And, um, you know, just right off the bat, let's just dive into it. Let's dive into it. You know, what are your oh, thoughts? I know you've been, you know, talking over on your channel, too, and over all, about all the Scott Boris stuff. I feel like it's the only thing we can talk about lately. Yeah. Uh, I guess just real quick, you know, what are your thoughts on, on everything going on right now? It is February 20th. My goodness. It, mm. it, 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 I was just saying this uh, a couple nights ago where it you're seeing all these guys roll into spring training and it's supposed to be this like happy, you know, kumbaya kind of time, which it kind of is, but it still feels like it's the beginning of January to me. Yeah. It's this weird feeling. What are your thoughts? Um, the whole four situation, you, you trust, even if you don't like them, that he's masterminding this 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 devious plan and at the end of the day we're going to see Snell get his money in his years and Belly get his money in his years because for the most part Scott Boris comes through and it, it's hard to go against that line of thought but I, I'm sitting here like you said on February 20th mm-hmm. with these teams that have filled their rosters for the most part 
And Scott Boris is sitting there looking like a dumbass with his top free agents and Hyunjin Ryu leaving the country. <laughs> Hyunjin Ryu should have been. That's the that is the 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 the, the smoke, uh, you know, in the forest for the Scott Boris has screwed up. Uh, the the forest of Scott Boris messed up. The smoke is Hyunjin Ryu going overseas, not playing Major League Baseball in 2024 because. I got to think, I got to think there. I mean, there were rumors he was going to the twins like a month ago. There had to be teams that were interested in Hyunjin Ryu. And now Ryu is going to go, go home, if you will, go back and play uh, in Korea. So Uh, I feel like he's, I almost feel like he messed up. And again, that's goes against the grain, but I feel like how can we still be here? And because Montgomery and Snell, are going to be delayed now. If they sign, they're not going to be ready for opening day. And that's got to hurt negotiations as well. Mm -hmm. So nothing seems to be going right for Scott Boris, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring up the Hingjin Ryu thing because I posted a meme. Uh, Red Sox Twitter land has just been so much fun for the past (laughs) two months. I'm getting to the point where I'm just so close to not even looking at Red Sox Twitter. I don't know. But I posted a meme uh, with Hinjin Ryu not too long ago mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, everyone was talking about the full throttle thing. And uh, what's that one where the guy slaps on um, that sticky stuff or whatever, like this kind of tape? It's like a super glued tape yeah. kind of thing. You know, those infomercial. Or, yeah, he builds uh, a boat out of it. What was the company called? Slap tape or something? I can't remember. That guy made all these different things or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The, the arm said full throttle, and he was slapping on Hinjin Ryu onto the Red Sox rotation for a one-year deal. So mm-hmm. I was actually a little surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, that seems like maybe someone the Red Sox would have gone after, you know, yeah. considering the way they've been behaving. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, probably cheap. Well, actually, he just signed, uh, I guess, a record deal in yeah. the KBO. So good for him. Hey, mm-hmm. good for him. Um, but, but... Uh, it is interesting right now with Scott Boris. It, it's very, you almost don't even know what to even think because we always see him get the deal, but is he going to get the deal this time? Is he going to be able to land what he came into this offseason thinking for mm-hmm. now Montgomery, Chapman, Bellinger? I'm starting to get to the point where I think at least two of these guys are going to have to get one year deals. Are you starting to get to the point where you have given up on these guys getting a multi-year deal. What are your thoughts? I I think, I don't know if it's a one-year deal, like straight up one-year deal, but it does start to feel like it's not going to be a four-year deal for Matt Chapman. It's not going to be a six or seven-year deal for Bellinger or Snell. It kind of feels like we're cutting those numbers in half. Mm-hmm. Chapman gets a two-year deal. Uh, Snell and Belly get get three or four year deals. Montgomery gets a two or three year deal. It feels like whatever you expected and whatever Scott Boris expected at the beginning of the offseason for these guys, cut it in half because the teams now have the leverage. Um, we've got again, rosters are full, uh, needs have been met, and there are still a ton of free agents that are available. So you don't have to get Cody, but if you need an outfielder. In a week, because somebody gets hurt, you go sign Tommy Pham. So it, it's not like these are the last guys out there, and it's all it's it, there's a it's a free agent desert. 
and there's these guys, there's other players you can go and sign and fill the need. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to Boris, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people saying, you know, these teams, they're basically boycotting Scott Boris. Seems they're basically, like it. Mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to win the deal. In all honesty, my personal opinion, I think they're just looking for something fair. You know, like, I don't think it's at yeah. all these teams are just trying to like, aha, we finally, we got one on Scott Boris. I think they just want a fair deal. And mm-hmm. I, I really think, you know, Boris, he, he shot for the moon on these guys. And I mean, can you blame him? I mean, the guy, you know, Blake Snell winning a Cy Young, second Cy Young now, Jordan Montgomery, which it felt like at times he carried that Rangers team to a post, uh, to a uh, World Series this past postseason. So you kind of feel like, okay, well, you know, maybe the, you know, hey, why not shoot for the moon on these guys? However, there are, I don't want to say flaws. That's not the right word, in my opinion. I just feel like there's things that sure these guys have the accolades, but they're all they're also maybe some some other things too, like with Blake Snell, durability issues have been something. The walks mm-hmm. were something last year. I've mentioned mm-hmm. this on my channel where Fangraphs they made a very interesting article. Not sure if you've seen it or not, where they actually think Blake Snell walked all these guys by design like they think he did it purposely like to try and avoid mistakes and not giving up you know the home run ball and just basically giving up on batters and just whatever so a very interesting article i i suggest everyone to go read that but still nonetheless a lot of walks with blake snell jordan montgomery yeah very good postseason but he's not really this ace he's not really like a number one Mm -hmm. I would love Montgomery in my Red Sox rotation. We'll talk about that later, but I well, think he would be the one yeah. for the Red Sox, right? He would be great. No, he, he, he would. Now out of respect, I wonder if the Red Sox do bring him in, which we'll get to in a little bit. I wonder if they would still give the job for opening day to Brian Bayo out of respect, like a uh, more of like a, I don't know. I, I could see it being debated, right? Cause Alex Cora sure. has said, you know, Bayo, you know, he wants to see some big things from him, right? So I wonder if they give that job to him or if they get Montgomery, do they just give it to him? I don't know. That's a different conversation for a different day. But the Red Sox could definitely use someone like him. There's no questioning that. But do you think, Scott Boris, do you think he just overshot here? I think he waited too long. And we saw that in a couple instances this offseason. Chris Getz and his attempts to trade Dylan Cease. Uh, We saw teams maybe get hesitate. That's the best way to put it. There were teams, there were players, there were agents that hesitated with the Otani sweepstakes. They hesitated with the Yamamoto sweepstakes. They're like, well, I'm going to wait until Otani signs. And I'm going to wait until Yamamoto signs because then – then all of these teams are going to the Mets will come running. The Blue Jays will come running. Yeah. They'll all the Yankees will come running. They'll give us the Yamamoto money. And that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you had whether it was by design or whether it was just a natural occurrence. Uh, these. Like larger than life free agents sort of grabbed everybody's attention. And then when it was over. There were no pivots by the teams that lost out. And maybe Boris was counting on that. And again, it's an L. Look, uh, in the, 
he I, I loved his quote about um, deadlines or death lines when he was yeah. talking about the you know the reaction to uh, the commissioner's attempt at at creating a signing period. Um, he imposed his own deadline last year at the winter meetings to get his players signed. Yeah. Uh, and what that did is that drove the teams to get their offers in, and yeah. there was no time to mess around. Yeah. So he's done it before, and he yeah. could have done it after Yamamoto signed. He could have said, yeah. all my guys are going to be signed in a week. Yeah. And I mean, you, yeah. get your offers in. Yeah, and, and Ken Rosenthal brought up something. I'm not sure if he said it on foul territory or if he said it on his – own show fair territory i don't remember where he said it mm -hmm. exactly but um he pointed out the 2021 lockout where you essentially had like kind of a deadline yeah. in, in a way mm -hmm. where it wasn't a deadline but you knew the lockout was coming so a lot of these teams they wanted to try and wrap things up yeah. before that happened and you still saw a lot of guys get some big deals Corey seager marcus Semyon, the final day mm -hmm. uh there were plenty of guys that got some nice deals before that lockout happened. So again, wasn't really a deadline by any means, but you can still see where teams they're trying to get stuff done before a yeah. certain time and good deals can still happen. Now I wonder, I've been thinking about this today, thinking about this today. I also wonder if there's a bit of a, something else that you could think about here when it comes to these teams being okay not going that extra mile. I also wonder, and I feel like maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it or I don't know the way I see, it, I feel like I haven't seen it being said enough. I wonder if this also reflects the current player development of all these teams out there where yes. a lot of these teams are like, you know, let's just say, you know, whatever, let's just bring up my Red Sox. I'll be giraffe neck Robbie for a second where they're like, yeah, you know, Snell Montgomery. Sure. You know, but maybe we want to see some of, you know, what some of these younger guys can do, right? I mean, maybe we could even get some more production or not more production, but maybe we can still get some decent production from these guys without having to spend that kind of money. Now, I'm not saying that's going to, you know, bring you to the promised land. I just wonder if teams where, you know, you just saw this Diamondbacks team where, I mean, look how strong the player development was for them this past year, and it got them to a World Series, right? Mm -hmm. You see the Rays every single year making the postseason, basically, without having to spend anything on these guys, right? Yeah. So I wonder if you're starting to see a shift now, and you see how good these guys are now in college baseball. It's incredible, like, what these guys are doing, mm -hmm. you know, and then coming over to the major leagues. Like, look at Wyatt Langford. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's going to be Wyatt Langford, but this guy was destroying everything in right. in a very small sample size, and he's probably and he could be very well the DH at some point this coming year. It really shows to me that you know it's not the end, it's not the complete uh, reason for everything happening, but I do wonder if that's part of it. Where well, yeah. you Red Sox, a great point here. Uh, to that, to that is. Do we want to spend the money on Jordan Montgomery and any of these other marquee free agent pitchers? Um, or do we want to give Crawford and Hauk a shot at the back yeah. of that rotation? And if it doesn't work out, we have Wickelman Gonzalez, who could yeah. be a stud ready by late May. If he starts the year at AAA and dominates, he'll be ready. You've got Richard Fitz. He could start the year at AAA. He yeah. could be lights out. 
they would maybe rather have the first month, month and a half. Let's see if Crawford and Hauk can dominate the back of that rotation. If they can, great. If they can't, we got two guys that at least one of them should be ready after a month and a half to two months at AAA. And we'd rather give that guy the shot because he's a hell of a lot cheaper. No, that's a great point. And that, and that is the case across Major League Baseball. Every team has that situation going on to some degree. Maybe it's not pitchers. Maybe it's outfielders. Maybe it's uh, thumpers, guys that, that if, you, if you're looking for power, Cleveland's looking for power. I'm like, where's the power? Might be Manzardo. Might be those other guys. Forget going and getting J.D. Martinez. Just let the guys you have see what you got. Um, they're cheaper, and they are under control for six years. Uh, so you're right. I think I think the, the development of these younger players coming up through the system, rising at a rapid pace, you'd rather go with those players. And that points more to Boris screwing this up because he's got to yeah. know that. He's got to know that the Red Sox could easily pass on Jordan Montgomery because they got two or three guys that are right there. So if anything, that is more of an indictment on on Scott Boris's approach this offseason to not recognize Justin Turner. Talked about how he was a free agent a lot longer than he thought he was going to be. And it's because these teams have, there's so much talent. That's why we're ready for expansion because there's so much talent right now that we have, we could, we could field a team of free agents right now and probably compete in uh, for a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you bring up the expansion teams. Uh, I still have hope for the Orlando Dreamers being here in Central Florida. I need that ice cream parlor logo in Major League yeah. Baseball. It's just the most go. generic. Uh, I swear, they literally went on Microsoft Word, and they went mm-hmm. to the word art, and they just typed in Dreamers. My goodness. But anyway, that's a completely mm-hmm. different story. Uh, but then there's also, too, when it comes to Scott Boris, you've been seeing teams getting burned a bit when it comes to some of these clients, you know, I wrote down just a few, just to make sure I didn't forget them. Chris Bryant, right? Chris Bryant, terrible contract so far. That is not lived up to the hype. Um, Nick Castellanos was a little better this past year. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you look at the defense, the overall value that he's bringing, it's not living up to the $20 million salary that he's receiving, right? Offensively, he wasn't the better this past year, but what he he's taking away in the field, right? So yeah. that's, in my opinion, not a great contract. And then you could even say Xander Bogarts. I, I completely even forgot to mention this on my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, or now he's moving to second base, which I personally think is a better fit for him, honestly. Right. Uh, he still has pretty decent range, but Hassan Kim is clearly the better shortstop, both range, arm, right? But yeah, you can see Xander Bogarts got shortstop money. And right you know, now, you know, but you could also look now at Mookie Betts is also a second baseman now getting 365. So, you know, whatever, whatever argument we want to make, I don't know. But mm-hmm. clearly there have been some teams getting a bit burned, right? When it comes to the Boris clients, at least as of late and Carlos Correa. That, mean, oh, if you're yeah, the, if you're the twins, do you I, love I, that I Carlos? Yeah, do you love that Carlos Correa contract? I mean, the Chris Bryant one's great. How about the Carlos Rodon contract? It, yeah. I mean, it, it's it is a, it is a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent accurate, right? And he has been. I think owners are looking at this, and he they're basically saying, 
he, what's the, what's that meme again? Like he can't keep getting away with this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like he's mm -hmm. getting away with a lot. And I think mm -hmm. teams, you know, yeah, there's some other clients that he's had that aren't really looking to get the big bucks, you know, respectable deals, right? He does have those clients out there, but I just think they're saying like, listen, enough's enough. Blake Snell, yep. did he basically top out last year? Are we going to be getting that same Blake Snell moving forward? Right. Could teams adjust, you know, with Snell, you know, again, he, he found a way to make, to have the success he did last year with the high walk rate. Mm -hmm. Is that going to happen again? I don't know. And I wonder if teams wonder that. And if they think like, eh, I don't know, like, do we really want to give five years to Blake Snell and even Montgomery and no disrespect, you know, I, <laughs> I love Montgomery, but you know, is a little on the you know the bigger side. I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. You know, we saw CC Sabathia have a great career. Um, so, but I wonder if teams maybe think he could end up breaking down. You know, after sure. five or six years, do they want to invest those those years? So, because they look at the back half of those contracts, and do they want to be shelling out twenty five thirty million dollars when maybe you're only getting like a a two, 2.5 fan graph war out of Montgomery and you're paying him more than what he's bringing you. So yeah. I just think, you know, I think there's a perfect storm going on here. I think there's the player right. development. Like I mentioned, teams are more willing these days to look at the young players. They're seeing a lot of teams getting burned by these contracts. Boris maybe overplaying his hand mm -hmm. and, and Hey, Boris, as smart as he is, Hey, we all have to make adjustments at some point. Maybe Boris needs to make that adjustment. So, yeah. But then you could also yeah. look at it too. I'll give one more. I'll play a little devil's advocate here. You could also look at this from one more point of view. I got to ask you this. Do you feel bad for the players or do you not feel well, very bad for the players? I, I, I think it depends. What is that player's mentality? So Juan Soto, his quotes about Scott Boris, trust Scott Boris, all Juan Soto wants to do is play baseball. He lets all of the free agent and all the contracts, he just lets Scott Boris handle that stuff, doesn't care. Um, if the player is under that uh, mentality, then no, I don't feel sorry for them at all. But if the player, is, if Blake Snell's calling, and I, I don't know, if Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Butler, if they're calling every day, and if they have sort of a wish list of teams they'd like to play for, and Scott's like, no, I got this. Don't worry about that. Um, you, you can't go there because, like, if the player wants to go somewhere and Scott isn't letting them follow what, they, what their desire is, there was some talk about that with the Freddie Freeman uh, situation two years ago, and, and that's been debunked and then brought it up again and then debunked again. So who knows what actually happened? Uh, but if the players of the one Soto mentality, no, I don't feel sorry for the player at all. But if the player actually like wants to get out there and is calling Scott and has a couple of teams that he'd like to go play for. And Scott's like, no, 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 let me handle it. Then yeah. I would feel bad for the player. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> cause I was talking about this on my show last night where I wonder if these guys just cut ties with Scott Boris, right? Like I would love to know what these guys are thinking. Like, are they yeah. relaxed? Are yeah. they to a point where like me, I, you know what I'm thinking right now? I'm thinking of the SpongeBob meme where Squidward, he's inside his house and he's seeing mm -hmm. SpongeBob and Patrick having just a great old time playing outside. That's how I would feel 
if I'm seeing all these guys showing up at spring training right. and everything is all hunky dory and happy vibes all over the place, John Carlos mm-hmm. Stanton looks like a new man, right? You know, <laughs> I'd want to be in spring. I want to be in you, spring training. Yeah, I want to get to camp. I, I want to know where I'm living. Like, yeah, you got to think. You got to think that's like, going on. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it bonkers that, like, if it were me and I had Scott Boris as my client, I'd be like, dude can you get me a deal? Like, yeah. listen, I, I don't, I don't care at this point. Get me something. Well, right? that Snell's got an offer from the Yankees right now. If Snell wants to play baseball and just like put me, there was, what was it? Two months ago. It was uh, Blake Snell <laughs> wants to be a Yankee. And it was one of those things that was kind of leaked. So it was one of these, like, this is a private conversation that got out. Blake Snell wants to be a Yankee. Well, there's an offer on the table. Take it. Like that's, yeah where maybe we don't feel so bad for Blake Snell because take, take the offer. But Scott has his other clients that they could impact. If Blake Snell just takes the offer from the Yankees and it's not up to snuff, then what are you going to do? And that's where you, th- that's where you got to think like Blake Snell might have to make a decision. I want to be a Yankee. I like the offer, but Scott won't let me sign it because it's going to impact Jordan's deal. And then next year it'll impact this guy's deal and that guy's deal. I mean, but that's also agent one-on-one where whatever yeah. any agent that has multiple MLB players is, and, and that's what they have, right? Um, you you kind of have to deal with that. Yeah. And, and I, I think back to just getting back to one more point there about, you know, could these guys cut ties? I just think of A-Rod, right? Where A-Rod back in the day where he just fired Scott Boris, right? And A-Rod was one of the, yeah. you know, obviously the highest paid player at the time, um, you know? So, it's interesting, but getting oh, back to Snell, I would sorry, love, but- I, I would love to see that. I would love for one of these four guys to fire Scott Boris. Yeah. Like I will, we usually live stream when there's like trades and big signings. I will, I will go live and I will stop oh, yeah. what I'm doing. I will fall down the stairs. I will grab my lights and fire up a live stream. <laughs> if tomorrow we find out that Jordan Montgomery fired Scott Boris instant live yeah. stream. If that happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I for sure. And it, I, I do wonder if we're starting to see kind of a, a shift in how these Maybe. things are being done. You're seeing now these teams, you, you're you now seeing teams. I, I, fun fact, I, didn't know if, I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this. The, the Cubs have not had a Scott Boris client in 10 years. I didn't know that. Right, I, That yep. kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? Yeah. Last year, Cody Bellinger. So, so before well, besides last him, year. Besides before him. last year. So, you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. other than him you've had like no Scott Boris clients, right? I believe the Mariners don't ever want to deal with him. The Braves don't deal with him. Um, right. It's interesting. Uh, it's funny because you're seeing these teams now. They're doing the contract extensions for the young players. You know, they're getting, they're buying out the arbitration years, you know, the first couple of years of their free agency and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're starting to see something different, right? When it comes to how things are done, with Maybe. a lot of these guys. I wonder what the free agent market is going to look like in the next 10 years, right? I wonder if it could be different, right? Yeah. But getting back to Snell, um, Aaron Judge talked today. Aaron Judge uh, had his little uh, little press conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he feels, let me make sure I have the quote right, there might be another move on the way for the Yankees. He said here, uh, we had a lot of talks uh, or no, sorry, that's the wrong one here. 
Uh, I'm just completely lost it. Oh, here, here we go. Um, asked about whether or not they're going to be making moves. He says, I hope so. The front office is always working. That's the thing that's amazing about being here with the Yankees. They're always trying to improve. They're always trying to make moves, mm-hmm. be it a trade or free agency. Now, I said this last night on the show. It feels like the only team that has been connected with Snell this entire time are the Yankees. Yep. We've seen the Angels, right? But we don't know what's going on with them when it comes to spending money. Artie Moreno doesn't seem to be a fan of giving out big contracts or pitchers. Loves giving out contracts to guys that don't like baseball. So that's another thing. Um, the Giants, I mean, are they set? Right, They were connected with him. The Mariners, but are they set? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm wondering here if it feels like there's an end game with the Yankees. I mean, but how do you see this playing out? Do you see it being just a one-year deal? Do you see it being a multi-year? Maybe some opt-outs? Or does he, yeah. do you think he goes somewhere else? I, it, I mean, at this current moment, it feels like it's got to be the Yankees. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's the only team that we've been hearing anything about. And if there was, we would know because Scott Boris would get it out there and we would hear that the blue Jays are interested so that he could get the Yankees offer up. So I would, I would think that we would know if there was another team because Scott Boris benefits from that. And Scott Boris uses guys like John Heyman and, and others to get information out there and there's nothing to get out right now. So it feels like it's Yankees or bust. And, you know, I, I would be, it would be interesting to see them go down that road because of Blake Snell's ups and his downs. Uh, it feels like a um, mirror Carlos Rodon signing, and that didn't go yeah. over so well. And if you're Brian Cashman and you're always on thin ice with that fan base, giving more fuel, giving them more ammunition to hate you would be something i'll say this i believe that all right i got a hot take for you yeah i believe that there are in that player fraternity i don't know if a memo was sent out um speak your mind kind of stuff don't go out there and be shy when we get back to spring training because yeah, Nolan Arenado talking about how there wasn't enough veteran leadership last year. You got Mike Trout talking about how he's pushing for the Angels to sign another player. You got Aaron Judge saying he's feeling like and there's going to be another deal. Uh, you got uh, Rappi Devers talking about how he feels like yeah. he's not happy. So I'm wondering if we've got a we've got a a, a memo to all players. Yeah, push out there publicly because. Your fraternity brothers are out there without a job. And there is one team that has a ridiculous amount of money still to spend, and that is the Angels. The Angels could sign two of these guys and Mm -hmm. still be under the – that's how much money they have. Two of them and still be under the first luxury tax threshold. And then there's a ton of contracts that come off the books at the end of this year the Brandon Drury's and other one-year deals that they have. Mm -hmm. So they're not in a financial pinch at all. Mm -hmm. They just lost Otani, and they have done nothing to try to rejuvenate that fan base about that franchise. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like the Yankees are the play for Blake Snell, 
but I can't rule out the Angels because when Mike Trout speaks, when he kind of this, when I read the the transcript yesterday, I kind of saw a lot of I, I saw a key or else moment when yeah. he was talking about thing. He he's not interested in a trade. He wants to stay with the Angels to win a championship. That he doesn't want to take the easy way out. Which is it that hard to be an Angel uh, player? Mm-hmm. Um, but if things change. If that changes, then he he would change his mind on the trade conversation. Um, If you don't go out, if he's telling you to go out there and sign one of those guys, if he's pushing for that and you don't do it, and then they win 68 games this year, how do you think next offseason is going to go for the Angels and Mike Trout? Yeah, and you know we always like to use this word, leverage, right? I do wonder if, because you never know what is being just put out there. Right. Yeah. Who knows if Boris is just putting something out there, right? Where you know there's like something floating around, maybe like a one year short term kind of a deal with the Yankees. Maybe he's trying to get this Angels team to bite. Because when I'm looking at this Angels payroll right now, yeah, you got some fat contracts in Trout and Rendon. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's not all that bad. And no, you have not so at all. much money coming off the books. Yep. After this season, you have so many free agents, Matt Moore, Drury, Estevis, mm-hmm. Garcia, Cisnero, Simber, Hicks. I mean, good grief. I mean, yeah, maybe could you work something out with Sandoval, some kind of an extension, yeah. you know, Taylor Ward? I don't know. But, I mean, good grief. You have so much – and you have so much payroll flexibility already, even without yep. those contracts coming off yet. Right now, the Angels' luxury tax payroll, according to Fangraphs, is at $188 million. You mm-hmm. signed Snell and you're still way under that CBT. And then you got so much money coming off next year. So, and when I'm looking at the Yankees, I mean, good grief, their freaking payroll right now, it's through the roof. Yeah. A luxury tax payroll of 306.9 million. The problem with the Yankees, and I've seen Ken Rosenthal saying this, is that the Yankees would like they wouldn't even want to do a short-term deal if any kind of deal. Because obviously you're just gonna you're gonna get so much on the luxury tax. Where I do think if the Yankees were to do it, I do think it would be a one year deal because you have like no money, not really that much money coming off mm. the books. Brizzo, Canley's uh, on a one year deal. Weaver, Trevino are on one year deals. Obviously, Soto is gonna be a free agent. That's another reason where I wonder if they're only okay with a one year deal for Snell because they got to focus on Soto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Glaber Torres, what do you do with him? So you you do have some money coming off the books if uh, on the Yankees, but I just think the Angels, they're in so much of a better position right now to get him. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if eventually they're going to do it. So I guess, what do you think? Do you they, think Yankees, they, Angels, or a surprise team? I think the Angels get somebody. I think yeah. the Angels will get one, at least one of them because they have the money. Mike Trout is pushing, and they have the the need. Um, Brandon Drury, if Brandon Drury is your designated hitter, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. So go out there and sign J.D. Martinez for 15 million bucks. Okay, I still have 34 million dollars to play with. I'm going to go sign Blake Snell and give him 25 million dollars this year. I still have another nine million dollars to play with after that if I want to go, you know, find someone off the scrap heap. So they can go sign, and if they don't want Blake Snell because they feel like Chase Silseth is going to be incredible, okay, 
Well, then go sign Cody Bellinger. Give him the $25 million. And you can get him and you still be under the CBT. Exactly. They can get two of them. You could juice that lineup with J.D. Martinez and Cody Bellinger. Your outfield would be Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, and Cody Bellinger if you're the Angels. How's that sound? Yeah. J.D. Martinez at DH. Your roster, your lineup improves drastically. I looked at it. That Angels rotation is third best (laughs) in the division. And it's only third best because the Rangers are dealing with a ton of injuries. That lineup is only, I I still give the Angels a narrow, narrow uh, edge over Seattle, but that's because of Mike Trout. If Mike Trout is hurt, not even close. So this team just doesn't stack up the Angels in their own division. Forget about the rest of the American League. They try to make the playoffs. They have so much work to do, and it's right there. It's doable. Like, imagine that you get to work. You got a stack of papers this high. You're like, oh, my God, this is going to be miserable. Well, for the Angels, they got a stack of papers this high, and they can breeze right through it. Get the job done. Get the job done. I agree. I agree, man. Uh, I If I were to give a prediction, oof, I don't know, man. Just looking at the financials, I would think Angels at this point. I don't know about the Yankees, man. They just already have so much money to focus on, and Soto. I don't know. Mm -hmm. before we do move on to the next topic, we got 600 people in here. Thank you all for stopping by. Really Boom. appreciate that. Um, everyone, if you can take this chance, uh, this is our podcast here, the Barreled Up Podcast. And listen, if you're always on Spotify, you're using Google, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcast, please give us a download. And uh, if you can, give us a five star review. That would be very nice. But uh, if you can, Go download the podcast. It would really help us out tremendously. Uh, We do go live here with it. Uh, A lot of the times we do cut off at a certain point, and then that way you can listen to the rest of the podcast on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you can do do that for us, everyone, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, Let's move on here. Let's get to my Red Sox. Let's get to my Red Sox. And uh, my goodness, it has been... Kind of fun the last couple of days. Uh, I gotta admit, has know, it <laughs> like it's kind of nice seeing now. Here's my thing uh, I guess to give a bit of background on me, I have always been someone I had a, a very hard nosed father where he no complaining was allowed, right? I, I, I just put my head down and I got to work, right? So I've never been the one to say, uh, you know, to. Yeah, sure. I have my complaints about things here and there, but I'm always someone I try to just dig deep and work hard. Right. So a part of me was seeing all these players coming out like Henley Jansen on podcasts and, you know, seeing all the fans, you know, and and just all of, you know, the, uh, you know, frustration. Right. That's the best word. So Mm -hmm. for me, I've always been someone that likes to look at things from uh, a glass half full point of view. And I do think this Red Sox team, they could surprise some people with the team now. Now, I don't mean make the playoffs, but I do think they could have a winning record. And I think they could be in that hunt. Um, How far they could go, though, I don't know about that. But I think they, I see a lot of people think they're not even going to win like 70 games. And I'm like, what do you want? Oh, that's too too harsh. Yeah, that's too Uh, harsh. I think they're going to be there right now with their current roster. I don't think it's good enough with all the beef in the American league. However, you're starting to see 
some of these guys, whether it's past players or current players, Raphael mm-hmm. Devers, uh, coming out and saying stuff. And it's even been reported. Dustin Pedroia, one of my favorite players of all time, got on FaceTime with all the guys in the front office, and I imagined it. I'm, I'm sure you have seen Happy Gilmore a couple of times where he's cursing out the golf ball just and they're bleeping out like how many curse words he said, like 50 of them. I imagine that's what Pedroia sounded like when he talked to the front mm-hmm. office through FaceTime. Like, what the bleep are you doing, right? Um, you even had Jonathan Papelbon, right? Jonathan Papelbon. We even have the clip here. Everyone, go subscribe to Foul Territory. They had him on today, and uh, he actually provided some pretty good comments. And, and Evan, Evan, producer Evan, I think you got the clip. At the end of the day, I feel like uh, there's no secrets anymore here with this organization. Shit, you got guys like uh, Pedroia, you know, FaceTiming with uh, Sam Kennedy and Alex Cora. You know, hey, what the hell is going on? So, and now you got Devers saying something. So, you know, I feel like sometimes, man, when 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 you have a front office that is trying to uh, turn it around, you sometimes got to listen to the guy that is there that you signed for a long time. The guy that was there for 18 years that showed you how the Red Sox play. Um, so I like it, man. Um, I, I really think that, you know, sometimes you need a kick in the ass and to, to, to say, hey, let's get this thing going. But to me, the biggest thing is you got to go get this Montgomery kid, man. I think when you have a – this guy wants to play in Boston. The guy is working out in Boston. I think his um, – his wife or fiance or something like that. She probably like real smart or something. And, you know, she's going to like one of those Ivy league schools up there getting a doctorate or something from what I hear. So, um, to me, you get, you bring a lefty like this dude in. Um, I like him just because he's that guy that could go out there and give you 200 innings. In today's day and age, that's hard to do. Hey, when you were up there, weren't you up there for Sox Fest or Nesson Fest or whatever they had up there? And you like did a late night talk show. So did you talk to Breslow? Did you talk to John Henry? Yeah. Did you talk to Kennedy about any of this? Yeah, we did. We had we we did. We had some good conversations. Um, I think their mindset right now, which I don't necessarily agree with, is making the perfect decision. Right, AJ? And we all know, man, like when you make these decisions in the offseason, you try to build a team. You, you can't worry about that. You can't worry about making the perfect damn decision, right? You're going to make mistakes, but the thing is, is you got to, in my opinion, you got to go after guys that you know are going to step right into your clubhouse and make a difference. And um, they understood that, but, you know, I, I have a sneaky suspicion after um, talking with them that there's some kind of ace they're holding up their sleeve. They're waiting to make a big move. I, I, and I Feel like they're 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 playing the game right they're playing this all right so a uh, bit of a longer clip there but he, i feel like he had a lot of good things to say right there and um i think the uh, let's get to the 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 devers comments right he brought up devers so in case anyone didn't hear this today um rafael devers uh he has been someone that's been a bit more on the quiet side right? Even though he is the highest paid player of the Red Sox, he's 
definitely he's not the the most loud guy out there especially someone like Papelbon right but Devers did say this through a translator today saying everybody in this organization wants to win uh but the Red Sox need Red Sox leadership or the front office need to make an adjustment to help us players be in a better position to win. Everybody knows what we need. You know what we need, and they know what we need. I'm guessing he means pitching, maybe specifically Jordan Montgomery. There's just some things I can't say out loud, but everybody knows that or- our organization uh, and knows the game knows what we need. He also went on to say here, my point of view is they're thinking more in the future. Last year, when we had an opportunity to do something and be in the race, nothing happened. I mean, it's, I, 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 you know, it's like I said, I'm someone that likes to put my head down and just get to work, but I do appreciate that these guys are coming out here and and Mm -hmm. saying stuff. And even Papelbon here saying that they're trying to be too perfect. Right. I think that's actually a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, people can have all their comments on Papelbon all they want, but I think he made a, a very good comment right there. And I do wonder if a lot of teams out there, the very the heavy the heavy analytically driven organizations, they are trying to just be too perfect, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes, and the Red Sox, they have made you know some bad signings over the years, but it's so crazy to me when you have guys that are there. And I understand we just talked about Boris here. Yes, Montgomery's a Boris guy, but it's such a perfect situation. I'm not going to put it all on the Red Sox completely when it comes to that situation. Cause you do have to wait for the other side, right. To kind of like, I made a, I made an analogy, right. It's even a, 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 a lion, right. Wanting to try and get some meat, right. Still not going to be able to get that meat if it's locked in a cage. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it with Boris. So it's, I think a bit there on both sides, I'm rambling. What are your thoughts there with Jonathan Papelbon overall with Devers? What are you thinking here? I feel like there's there's too many uh, there's too many Red Sox current and past that are criticizing what the front office is doing, what the team is doing. And for for Devers, you you brought it up that he's sort of a quieter guy. So for him to come out and say this is kind of a big deal. Even if he did not, he wasn't like you know slamming his fist on the table, and and he yeah. didn't. You didn't look anybody that watched it. He wasn't like angry and 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 being a blowhard. I mean, he was. It was almost like he was um, remorsefully telling this tale. Like he didn't. He he's disappointed. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Uh, a, a great line you can use with your kids for those of you that don't have kids yet. Uh, so, former teacher. I use that line a lot. There you go. So <laughs> that's what it kind of felt. It feels like uh, the the vibe was from from Devers. And Papelbon is more of, I mean, because he's out of it now, so he's a little bit more free to talk about it. Uh, but it's a great point. They're, they're trying to be too fine, too perfect. Uh, they got into some contracts that they didn't like uh, over the last decade. Uh, Chris Sale contract, the David Price contract. And yeah. I, I don't know, I guess that scared them. And they yeah. don't want to repeat those mistakes. And because of that, they have just made more mistakes, trading yeah. away Mookie, uh, Mookie Betts. Um, yeah. Time will tell if letting Bogarts walk uh, is a was a mistake or not. Right now, I, I would say based on the money and based on some of the performance, maybe not a mistake. But it's in between right now. It, yeah. yeah, it's in between right now. It really hasn't gone either either way. So they've got to just 
just understand that you're going to make mistakes. Players are going to make mistakes on the field. If a player tries to be too perfect on the field, starts thinking about it, what does he do? He messes up. He starts swinging and missing. He starts striking out. He starts making errors. So don't think about it. Just act. Just do. And understand that mistakes are going to come with it. Learn from those mistakes. Move forward. But yeah. don't let that mistake cripple you. Um, right. Yes, don't give don't give an aging pitcher. I mean, and here we are with Montgomery itself. Don't give an aging pitcher, uh, you know, the lifetime contract. Yeah. So we're back here doing that. But but then what that does, what then if you don't want to do that, why don't you trade for Corbin Burns? Why don't you trade for Dylan Cease? I mean, they've got enough prospects to be able to do that and still be whole in that farm system. They got to do something. And this has sort of become the offseason of hesitancy with this front office. And it's going to cost them the 2024 season, uh, which is going to cost them a, a prime Rafi Devers year. Yeah. And that's too bad. And the fans that go there and and, and they got to pay uh, you know, pay for the ticket, pay for the beer, pay for the food. Um, you know, it's not going to be the product. It could be. I looked at this uh, one last thought and I, and I'll, and I'll kick it back to you. Yeah. The best season Rafi Devers has had in his career was 2019. He delivered a war over seven. I believe that year. It was damn near close to it. And that was with Bogarts and Betts and J.D. Martinez. You want to get the most out of the guy that you have now paid over $300 million? Surround him with talent. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and, you know, get kind of bouncing off that a little bit, I think there's also the thought in my head, I really think it goes a long way when you make a signing, especially one that you need, for someone like Jordan Montgomery, because I, I don't think numbers will never show the morale of a team. Right. It, it just, they just won't. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, Montgomery clearly is someone that they need. And that was also something yep. I think Devers really tried to be careful with too today. I think he even said it at one point. I think he said like, not that we have bad players, but cause yeah. he, I think he was walking a fine line there saying like, it's very clear we need someone or we need, you know, some additions here because you also don't want to bog down what you already have. Right. right. Cause, and because that won't come off very great. Cause it's, cause then you could also have players hear those comments be like, what about me? You know, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm busting my butt out here. Or I'm trying to be good. So I think he, I think he did a pretty good job with his comments today, making sure to, you know, emphasize that there are good players there. Yeah, but it's like I think what he I think what he probably should have added to that was you see these other teams in the division like the Yankees making moves, the Orioles making moves, even the Rays getting Ahmed Rosario today. Right. Um, even the Blue Jays getting Justin Turner. Right. You see the other teams making the moves and no disrespect to Lucas Giolito you know, but he is coming off a bad second half and I, and he has even acknowledged that. So mm -hmm. that's something I do wish, maybe I missed it. Uh, I do wish he would have added to that saying, Hey, all these other teams, they've really been busting it this off season. You know, where's been our activity and yeah. they have made some moves, but not, not, not Juan Soto, not Corbin Burns, mm -hmm. right? Not even Justin Turner, you know, well, they've, they've been active. They have, yeah, made moves. I was looking at the moves uh, today because I was I was looking at the Devers situation, and and there have been 
uh, like, I mean, eight, nine, ten um, free agents that will contribute brought on board, whether it's bullpen, whether it is depth, whether it is a, a starting position. Uh, and it's not just free agents, but also via trades. So they mm-hmm. have been active. But what they haven't done is use the resources that are afforded to them by being in a major market, by being the Boston Red Sox. They haven't used that to go out there and land a marquee free agent that is going to say, oh, 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 here come the Red Sox. That hasn't happened. And, And I like to think. I do like to think that the Red Sox, you know, Papelbon, one more thing to bring up with what he said. He's been saying it a few times where he feels like they have an ace up their sleeve. And I wonder if the Red Sox this whole time have been, they have had their eye on Montgomery since the very beginning of the offseason, right? They popped up with Montgomery very quickly in the offseason. And, and, Papelbon said it himself, and we talked about it earlier. They're playing the Boris game. I do think they also see that as a productive signing. They just don't want it to be this six, seven-year deal, right? I think what what I think it ends up being, I think three years is too little. I think five, six years, you could even, even five years is a bit of a stretch. I think that four-year mark, Mm -hmm. maybe with an option, Right. That's where I could see the Red Sox wanting to go. It's it it reminds me a lot of the John Lackey signing back in two th- after 2009. Really, really similar signing to me. Right. Even when you count inflation, it's actually if you did like a five year deal, Lackey's deal at that time, I believe it was five eighty five or five over eight, uh, 80 over five. I think that would translate to like five one twenty mm-hmm. right now. So that mm-hmm. sounds about right. For Montgomery, we all know Lackey, a guy that was like a bulldog kind of a guy, where he reminds me a lot of Montgomery, right? A guy that's consistent. He's going to give you innings, right? He's, he was a he was a guy that took the mound, right? Even yeah. when he had a his basically his elbow was split in half in 2010, 2011, he was still going out there every fifth day and pitching. Right? He mm-hmm. ended up getting Tommy John, so. I and we all saw what happened with John Lackey 2013. He pitched game six, winning that World Series. Now, I'm not saying Jordan Montgomery is going to win you a World Series, but he helps you, right? Yeah. And that's the kind of a contract like that's a similar signing to me. Um, mm-hmm. it makes so much sense. I do like to think the Red Sox think the same, I just don't think they want to fall into that same mistake, yeah, where. David Price cost you seven years. That was overall, yeah, he helped you win a World Series. Bad contract, though. Right. Um, you know, they, they they don't want to fall into a bad contract. And I, I do think eventually something gets done. I Maybe I'm being Giraffnik Robbie. It, it just feels too – it just no. feels like there's so many things going right. So if I were to ask you, what do you no, think? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, I think Boston is – playing the long Boris game. I feel like the Angels could get Snell. I think the Red Sox could get Montgomery. I think Bellinger ends up back with the Cubs. I mean, these all feel like smart baseball moves that we can all agree on. That right, none of this surprises anybody. If if Montgomery ends up in Seattle and Blake Snell ends up in Miami, then then we'll all be surprised. But you I mean the Red Sox 
if at the end of this, they end up with Jordan Montgomery on a four-year deal with a fifth-year vesting option, right? Let's say uh, in the fourth year, he has to pitch a minimum of 125 innings. And if he does that, then the, the fifth year uh, becomes, you know, you, this happens all the time. We see these and, and, and it can be that vesting option can start out as a team option. And if he surpasses even more innings, it can become a player option. I don't know if Scott Boris wants to get into that, but if he wants to get a five-year deal for Jordan Montgomery, that may be the only way to do it. Four years feels like a meet in the middle for both sides. And wouldn't yeah. you, if you're Boston, love a playoff-proven pitcher? Something Because you have, uh, let's say you sign Montgomery to a four-year deal with a fifth-year vesting option. Yeah. Uh, I got to think these Red Sox and Craig Rezzo plan to be back in the postseason some at some point in the next four to five years. And to know that Jordan Montgomery rises to the occasion is worth its weight in whatever it takes to get him over that four to five year mark, because you're going to be trying to win a world series again, some point soon. And Jordan Montgomery has shown he can help you do that. So Montgomery's the guy, not Snell. I don't think they need the bat. There's so many young bats coming. Uh, Montgomery's the guy. And now that we know the Rangers aren't going to be a serious player for him, that's what the the Rangers have to get that done. Um, There's a ton of chatter about it. They need to sign Jordan Montgomery. I agree. And it would bring a big lift to Red Sox nation, man. It would really, it would get me excited, right? For Mm -hmm. this season. I'm already, not a lot of Red Sox fans are excited, right? I feel like, I am. I'm always excited about the Red Sox, right? I, I'm excited to see what some of these young guys can do. So I'm hoping for some bounce back seasons, but Montgomery would yeah. bring a lot of energy, I think, uh, to the fan base. So speaking mm-hmm. of a fan base that always has some pretty good energy, let's go to the Cubs. Uh, Cody Bellinger. There's not really a whole lot on Cody Bellinger as of right now. <laughs> hey, the difference with Bellinger and Chapman compared to Snell Montgomery is pitchers, they are working up, right? Whereas mm-hmm. position players, they can kind of just come in, you know, pitch, hitters are always going to be a little slower in the big, in the beginning of the year uh, for the most part, in my opinion, but they end up getting themselves right. All right. And with Ballinger, he can wait a little bit, right? But we did have a little something with the Cubs owner, Tom Ricketts, basically saying, uh, talking about Scott, once again, Scott Boris, very Scott Boris-centered show. Uh, I don't talk to Scott. One of his Mm -hmm. signature moves is to go talk to the owner. But I think when you do that, you undermine the credibility of your general manager. You're kind of inserting yourself into that negotiation I don't think that helps. Boris responded with ESPN saying free agency is about recruiting players. It's the normal owner's signature move to be involved in the efforts of recruiting players and reaching out to me so I can convey to the player the ownership of the team conveys them. That is the essence of free agency, and it is a custom and practice for ownership to express commitment and involvement. I don't know. To me, when I read that, it's like, well, you've already you already know the deal with Ricketts. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Talk with Hoyer, man. Like, get this done. Like, why do you need me? Like, you've already, I, I dealt with this last year, right? Right. So, but I think Ricketts makes a good point. And, you know, that's where Boris, and I think that really shows a reflection. These teams are getting tired of it, right? And they yeah. want to, that sounded like a tired man right there, like yes. over someone, right? Yes. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think Bellinger ultimately 
ends up with the Cubs. I think that Ricketts has talked to Boris, and I think that Ricketts will talk to Boris again uh, between now and opening day as he tries to get a Cody Bellinger deal done because the Cubs, if they want to make a serious run uh, at a postseason spot at, at that central uh, division, they need Cody Bellinger. And because right now the team, in my opinion, falls short a few games, and Cody Bellinger is a difference. Um, I think that it is public posturing. I think it is somehow yeah. uh, the way that the Cubs are now entering into a different phase of the negotiation with Scott Boris. Uh, so I do believe that uh, there has been and, and still will be more conversations. I believe the owner and the general manager will come together and they'll get a deal done. And Cody Bellinger will either be an angel or a cub again, the angels because of all that money that they're sitting on. And the fact that Mike Trout is pushing yep. for more help. Um, it's either the angels or it is the cubs. And if I'm Scott Boris, I I'm taking all of this, all of these, uh, the, these quotes that we're getting all this sound that we're getting from players over the last couple of days. And I'm using it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm using it. I'm saying, yep. Did you see what Nolan Arenado talked about with the Cardinals and veteran presence? I got a phone call. Did you see what De- Dever said about the team? I-, I got a phone call. Did you see what yeah. see what Aaron Judge said? Got a phone call. Did you see what Trout said? Got a- so I'm saying. I think these players. There was a memo sent out um, yeah. because I think that's all that is needed to get these deals done is a second team. Because doesn't it feel like we're down to one team for everybody? And at that point, the teams are not going to budge and the player is, or the agent is not going to feel like, well, this is going to be a good deal because it's one team. I need two to three teams to get a bidding war started. There's no bidding war to be had because it just feels like it's one team. And for the Cubs and for Cody Bellinger, that seems to be the fit. I I don't see this going any other way. And again, I think it's just, I'll get back to what, uh, what I said earlier on in the show I just think these owners, these GMs, president of baseball operations, they, I don't think they're necessarily looking to win the deal. I think they just want something fair. I don't know. Yeah. I'd love to talk with someone out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what are you looking to do here? I guarantee they would say, we just want to have a fair deal, right? <laughs> something that's going to be good for both sides. But it's, I don't know. Boris is really digging in. You know, when it comes to these contracts, you know, we're looking at the on baseball trade values, they're, uh, player value timelines have been spot on uh, this mm-hmm. offseason. Blake Snell, you're looking at like six years, 160. That's the projected contract for him. Montgomery, if you were to do a four-year deal, right around that $110 million mark. Uh, Bellinger, you're not, you'd be pretty surprised with Bellinger. It's not as high as you would think. You're probably looking at anywhere like around that $20 million per year kind of figure right? with Bellinger because mm-hmm. of the three seasons that he had with the Dodgers, right? He had the one bounce back year, but that's another thing I do wonder with the Cubs, right? They, they want to see if he can keep that going. So yeah, we'll see, but there is one other guy out there and that's Matt Chapman. I honestly, mm-hmm. out of all the guys, I actually do feel probably a little bad for Chapman because he basically yes. has to wait for, he has to wait, mm-hmm. right? He's the guy that's just sitting back and he he's got to wait the longest, in my opinion. And there's not really much of a market for him. We keep seeing the Giants. We've seen the possibility of a return to the Blue Jays. We've even seen the Mariners pop up, which I thought was <laughs> odd, right? Because it's like, what? Right. 
I don't know. Like it's that one is just very odd to me. I don't know. With Chapman, there's not really a whole lot out there except for the Mariners one, right? Where they've uh, supposedly, according to Ryan Divish, have discussed the possibility of him. I mean, I guess you could bring him in, but then it's like, I don't know. I feel like Eugenio Suarez, he actually played some pretty good defense last year. I just feel like, I don't know. Like it's well, not... Suarez is gone, but yeah, right. So, I so mean, I'm saying, like, why didn't you just keep Suarez? I guess, like, right, well, right, right. Whatever you did bring in some pieces there, but yeah, I don't know. But like Chapman, I guess you could still bring in, but he's going to cost way more than what Suarez would have cost. And I don't know. Like, it just feels weird. And a draft pick, he and Chapman cost a draft pick. Exactly. Right. It's like I don't know. It feels odd, and I'm like. I'm thinking like, ah, oh, is this a leverage play? Like, what is this? Like, I don't know. What other team in the division? Right, uh, there's no other team in the division that could really go after Chapman, in my opinion. So I, I don't know what this is. Like, what do you no. think about this? Like, I, I don't know. That one was very odd to me. I can't see. I mean, anybody. So you can go look at the Seattle financials, and you can say similarly to how we just talked about the Angels a few minutes ago. The Mariners have the money. You, in theory. They would have the money because they are at 156, according to Fangraphs right now. Again, we know that they're they have about 80 million to play with if they were worried about the luxury tax, but they're not. They are worried about their financials. They are worried about Root Sports uh, coming over under their umbrella. They're going to be, um, I believe, running that now, uh, operating that. So they are in a interesting financial uh, position. So Matt Chapman is is highly unlikely for Seattle. Yeah. And no one's going to sign Matt Chapman to a one-year deal, especially if they're giving up a draft pick. Yeah. So you kind of need to make the multi-year investment in him, but the bat just has gone so far south. The glove is good, but if you sign him to a four-year deal, that's going to just slowly deteriorate. Year over year, that arm's going to not be as strong, and that those reflexes are not going to be as quick. Yeah. Um, so... There's so many negatives to the Matt Chapman situation plus the draft pick. And look, I mean, he was the one player at that qualifying offer deadline time that I kept saying he should take this thing. Like he should take it. He was a Scott Boris client. It was never going to happen. But I, I was pounding my fist saying, yeah, this is the one guy because if he had gone back to Toronto, he would have been one year older. There would have no, been no opportunity to attach a qualifying offer to him again. So he would have been free and clear of any draft pick compensation. Uh, he would have had an opportunity to prove that his bat is not a limp noodle and he can actually hit the ball out of the park and could have raised his value, even though he would have been a year older. Okay, so you don't get a four-year contract. Uh, you get a three-year contract. But at the end of the day, the dollars were all the same. It would have been about twenty million bucks for him to go to play to take that one year deal with Toronto. Um, he could have had that and then signed a three year deal with somebody for twenty AAV if he did those things. He's yeah. in a bad spot because again, for him, it seems like there's one team. I know there's the the, the Cubs are there, um, but I actually don't know if the Cubs are there. Uh, yeah, I think I the know. Giants are the team. The Giants are the team, and that's it. Because the Cubs, if they're going to bring back Cody Bellinger, that's it. PCA is going to be your center fielder. Cody Bellinger is going to be your first uh, first baseman. And uh, you're going to have Michael Bush as your third baseman. That's that's the spot. You don't trade for Michael Bush and then sign Matt Chapman to a four-year deal. 
It's yeah. the Giants. And I know the Giants have a situation where, well, we've got Casey Schmidt and we've got J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis is a great third baseman. Don't want to move J.D. Davis back to left field because he's not <laughs> good at left field. But we could talk in circles about the Giants' defense. At the end of the day, they need to upgrade their defense. And Matt Chapman over J.D. Davis is an upgrade. And J.D. Davis in left field over Michael Conforto in left field is still an upgrade, even though if J.D. Davis isn't at a – uh, a position where he can be at his best. He's still better than Michael Conforto. So yeah. we're upgrading the defense. Uh, it just feels like it's the Giants or bust for him, unless yeah. the Angels, again, that's the Angels with their money could come calling. They could make it work. <laughs> Who's the third baseman right now uh, for the Angels on fan graphs? I'm going to look that up real quick. That it's is Anthony the, Rendon, the most favorite uh, player in Angels yeah, history. Anthony Rendon, who's going to play 11 games this year. So go get my, that's what you do. Angels, go sign Matt Chapman because Anthony Rendon's going to be hurt in about three weeks. And I that likes baseball. Yeah, he's going to be the, the time thief himself. Anthony Rendon is, is your third baseman. I mean, uh, maybe if I, Anthony Rendon yeah. DH. Maybe if he was your designated hitter and Chapman played third, maybe maybe he could play more than 58 games. Yeah, I think that would be pretty good. I would love the Cubs for Chapman. I really yeah. would, right? That infield would be so good. And with those guys where, you know, a little bit more ground ball, a little bit more contact kind mm -hmm. of pitchers, oh, that infield would be so nice for the Cubs. Um, but I, th I think the Cubs are really just – they're sitting pretty. They got Christopher Morrell taking reps at third base right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're just like, all right, hey, hey, Bellinger, yeah, we'd love to have you back. All right, okay. If you go, if you go elsewhere, okay. Hey, Chapman, we wouldn't mind having you. You know, that'd be that'd be pretty cool, right? right. But eh, if we don't get him, eh, oh well. Yeah. yeah. So the Cubs, I think they're just waiting, and they're just because they are in a good position. The Giants, yeah, you, know, you do have, you would have to move some guys around. All right, you got guys like Wilmer Flores, you know, Lamont Wade, right? So, um, they, they would, you know, J.D. Davis, of course. So you'd have to figure something out there uh, when it comes to the playing time for these guys. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's very tough. I do wonder if he just goes back to the Blue Jays at this point on a one-year, right? Just then go back out next year. I will say this with Chapman. If there is one guy that can handle just, like, going to camp very late. I think Chapman would be fine Probably. in that situation. Um, eventually, you know, hey, spring training is very long. You're, you will see Bellinger Chapman on teams. So um, we'll see what ends up happening. I yeah. do wonder, you know, could we see something this week? But uh, any last words for you, Jim? We've reached the end. Mm -hmm. Any any last words? Uh, tell the audience, you know what's going on in your channel. We got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. We got some announcements at some point too. We're gonna have to. Make. Oh yeah, and rumor, uh, we got rumor has stuff. it. Rumor has it. There's a couple of boys that are gonna be heading down to Florida. We'll figure that oh, out man. and make that I don't announcement know who those soon. Boys could be. I, yeah, I, got no that, that don't, I don't know. Get the band, getting the old band back together down uh, <laughs> down in Florida. Much. Can't nope, say too, can't much, say too much, but we'll get that. We'll get that worked out. Um. I would What's say on your channel. I'd say, well, it's, it's really, we're gearing up for spring training. We're talking yep. about what's happening and we're, we're going to be diving into a lot of, uh, you know, preview talk here soon. I'm not there yet. I don't yes, want to go there yet. We got the whole month of March for that. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of talk going on. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be talking about 
these Boris clients yeah. getting some deals done because it yeah. is, I mean, it is preventing, it is preventing guys like you and me from being able to do things like off season grades, winners and losers of the off season, ranking yep. the off season. Oh, uh, I know. We can't, we can't do any of that right now. So, I mean, come on, Scott, get those deals done for us so we can create our content. I can't, I want to do best lineups, best rotations. I want to dig into all that stuff. I can't do it right now because nope. there are players out there that will swing those rankings. So I got to get, I want to get these deals done so I can, I can dive into that stuff. I'm on pause for that right now. We'll get there. We'll get we there. Will. We, still got, we get, we got, still got some time. It's, mm-hmm. I keep thinking it's like late March, but it's literally late February. Yeah, so yep. we'll get there. But everyone, I want to thank you. Uh, this has been the best barreled up podcast when it comes to the viewership on this channel. Uh, we've, we've had some good viewership on your channel, Jim, but this has definitely set the record. Legit. Uh, we got over 600 in this one tonight, and that is definitely a record for this channel. So everyone that stopped by, thank you so much for that. We greatly appreciate it. Again, if you can, uh, go download it wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, it really would help us out, uh, especially when it comes to the algorithms for those podcasts. So, hey, another good episode, Jim. Yes, and uh, we'll definitely have more to talk about in the coming days. And uh, everyone, yes, sir. thank you for stopping by. We greatly appreciate it. Have yourself a good night. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys.